another episode of Thick and Thin Hoops, where ball is always life. I'm your host, Karthik, here with my co-host, Nathan. What's good, Nathan? What's up, dude? We're just kicking off round two of the NFL draft as we record. We're, we're recording later than normal, but we had to get through round one and get you know your instant reactions, my instant reactions. But before we even get there, can I ask you something? Has the draft ever been covered with this much just constant content like we've seen this year like even last year I don't remember months and months and months of rehashing the same storylines like 100 mock drafts per person like I feel like we've entered a totally different realm with the way the draft is covered versus even a few years ago much less you know 10-15 years ago absolutely I've seen mock drafts from every single reporter beat reporter it's become this phenomenon that I mean I think part of it has to do with this year especially just because there was so much up in the air and with these five quarterbacks it it's gotten more attention than previously, but it's people are starving for football. I don't know why more so this year than any other year, but I think people are just kind of getting antsy. And and the draft is that one time in like you know you go a couple months without the Super Bowl, you have the draft, and then it's another what five months until the preseason, or yeah. regular season. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of bent uh, pent up energy for this one. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing is. Because there was so much uncertainty, like a big storyline was how there's a lot of unclear medicals, you know, they didn't have the combine, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of the top picks didn't even play this past year. Um, And so you had a situation where it was a lot of talk because no one was sure about anything. And then you actually look at the draft and it went fairly kind of chalky in a way, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a certain team here and there that reached Oakland Raiders, but or Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. But for the most part, I actually felt like the guys were mocked in a certain, you know, two to five pick range generally went in those ranges. And it was almost like, you know, the Steelers were talked about getting Najee Harris forever and ever. And as one of those things, you're like, OK, that's not going to happen because everyone is predicting to. And of course, lo and behold, he's the first running back off the board. So um as we were talking, I, I've decided, let me ask you some questions, get your reactions on different things that I was thinking through, right? Um, and, and then we can bounce those around. So the first question I had for you is, there was a lot of conversation about what San Francisco was going to do at number three, right? That was where the draft started. We knew the top two. How would you grade uh, ending up with Trey Lance versus Mac Jones, who was the most frequently mocked quarterback at that spot? I like I liked the move. I think that's the right move for the Niners. Take a high upside guy that clearly Shanahan believed in. I, I know there's a lot of talk about, oh, do they really know who they're trading up to get? I don't know what to believe when the Niners recently came out that, that they've been looking at Lance and or Shanahan had fallen in love with Lance since January. Mm-hmm. But I like the pick because if you're going to trade up to that number three spot and end up with a guy like Mac Jones, who a lot has been said about Mac Jones the last several weeks. A lot of people clowning on, you know, why would he, he go that high? He doesn't offer a lot of upside, kind of limited mobility. He played a lot of talent in Alabama. I think you, Trey Lance is, uh, is a guy who, if you're a Shanahan and you believe in your offensive system, you believe in, in the offenses you, you design, take a risk on a guy with a lot of upside, a lot of talent, and you can mold him and you have the, the opportunity to sit him for a year, maybe even two and mold him. And so I think that's why it made more sense to go the guy like Trey Lance. I don't think you could have gone wrong with Justin Fields, but I think the Niners ultimately made the right move. 
Yeah, I was definitely glad that it was Lance and Fields would have been fine as well versus Jones because, like, you have to think about the limited upside if you're going to make that kind of move. And ultimately, where you draft a guy really matters. It's not just about whether you like him. It's about the capital required to, to um, acquire them because we've seen good talent go to waste because they don't have enough around them and vice versa, mediocre talent like a Jared Goff or, you know, like a uh, Jimmy Garoppolo who made it to the Super Bowl because they have all those right pieces. And with Mac Jones, it's like, okay, he may be fitting in that ladder camp, right? Like the Goff and Garoppolo where he needs a lot to work. Problem with Trey Lance is we just haven't seen enough. But what we have seen is is giving us a lot of excitement. But he's thrown fewer passes than any first-round quarterback in history. Uh, he's only played 17 games, all of it in FCS. He only played one game this past season. So I think it's incredible that a player with as limited reps as he did in the situation that he was um, – went as high as he did, right? It's, it's it's a testament to A, Shanahan's belief in himself and his system, but B, also Lance's tool set. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, this is a good kid. He's got a ton of athletic ability. Shanahan's like, I'll figure the rest out, right? Like raw or not, we have Jimmy G in place. We can bring him on slowly. Maybe this ends up becoming like an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation um, where you can kind of take your time. The problem being that Niners are ready to win now. And so I'm very interested to see if Jimmy struggles for a couple games or if he goes out of one game here and there, you know, sprained ankle, all the different ailments that he's normally dealing with. And Lance comes in and plays well. How long is it going to be until that's just the permanent start? So. So, so that's the issue in general with taking a quarterback this high is that it's all, you know, great to say that you can sit him for a year or two. But you're right. A team with high expectations, the moment Jimmy G starts struggling, let's say the Niners start two and three, the fans are going to be calling for Lance. Everyone's going to be calling for Lance. And then it puts Shanahan in a tough position where, um, you know, you can't just stay with that original timeline you had in mind. So I, I agree. I, I think, though, that at the end of the day, this is Shanahan's tying his job to this. If, yes. If this doesn't work out and the Niners don't go anywhere in the next couple of years, he probably won't last and neither will Lynch. So yeah. you've got to go with the and guy you really believe in and the guy who you think can actually be a Super Bowl quarterback. Maybe Mac Jones can, but to me, he seems like the Kirk Cousins that, like the ceiling could be more of a Kirk Cousins guy than a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Yeah. And like, to be honest, as much as everybody loves Shanahan and thinks he's like God's gift, he's only had one winning season in San Francisco uh, as the year they made the Super Bowl. So there is a lot of pressure on him. And I think, you know, it's not about whether the fact that he's a good coach clearly is, it's about whether the fact that that fan base is going to continually accept different excuses for why they're not performing. Um, okay, the next question I wanted to get to that I thought was another inflection point, right? So Cincinnati at five, they took Jamar Chase, um, who had an absolutely ridiculous season with Joe Burrow two years ago, right, at LSU in that record-setting offense. However, we saw what happened last year with Joe Burrow getting decimated game after game until his knee finally gave out, and he had actually a pretty bad knee injury. It wasn't even just a traditional ACL tear, so he's recovering from that. Do you think they're going to come to regret not taking Panay Sewell at five? Or do you think between, you know, Riley Reef, Jonah Williams, maybe second and third round picks that they'll have enough, um, you know, to add to that offensive line to keep Burrow upright? I wasn't as uh, against this pick as many people were. I think it's fine to go with Jamar Chase. You can get quality linemen in the second or third round. Uh, and, and look, Panay Sewell is, is going to be a good player. He's a, a one of the like, people are calling him kind of a guy you kind of plug in and play for the next 10, 15 years. That being yeah. said, one offensive lineman is not going to save Joe Burrow. One lineman is not going to fix the entire offensive line. It's not like 
Panay Sewell being there is going to prevent another catastrophic injury. They they need offensive line depth, and they need to draft multiple guys at that position anyway. You have a chance at a, at a playmaker like Chase, a guy who Burrow is probably uh, pushing for anyway, given that they played mm-hmm. together at LSU. I'm totally okay trying to take a game-changing talent at that position and then fulfilling the offensive line le- needs in later rounds. I, I don't think it's a simple fix for them to draft Sewell and then their offensive line issues go away. So I didn't have to totally do I, I actually, I totally agree. Like Jamar Chase to me was a clear cut number one receiver, even above Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. I just thought he, he, his physicality, his size, like he reminds me almost like a Devonte Adams or like a Julio Jones in the sense of like being a true number one. And you talk about the continuity with Burrow. Talk about making sure Burrow's happy. We know Cincinnati's a graveyard for quarterbacks, right? If, if things aren't going well, this dude is going to look at the script of a Deshaun Watson and say, hey, wait a second. Like, I'm not going to waste my career here. I already got killed in year one. I think between him, Tyler Boyd, you have um, T. Higgins. Um, I think there's a lot of weapons in Cincinnati. You still have Joe Mixon. And like you said, they can add offensive alignment depth throughout the draft. They can really focus on that, you know, moving forward now. Um I, I just thought that was a home run pick. And I know a lot of people are saying it the other way right now. I, I think you do not regret taking a player of, of, of Chase's caliber. If you're reaching for a wide receiver, then sure, right? I get that. Or if you get a guy that's not a true number one, he's more of like a slot receiver where you can find a little bit, like a Henry Ruggs last year, right? But I didn't feel like uh, Chase fit that mold. So, And you're making your quarterback happy. Like if Burrow yeah. really wanted offensive line help, I'm sure they would have gone that direction. But I'm sure he's totally okay with Jamar Chase. At that point, I, I think you're not going to lose out. Totally. Um, all right. So the next, I want to talk about Justin Fields, right? Because the question was kind of, he he came into the season as the de facto number two behind Trevor Lawrence. Some people even said he maybe has an argument for number one. Since then, he has kind of plummeted in a way, almost dropping to fifth on a lot of people's boards in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, Chris Sims mocked him at number 32 to Tampa Bay um, in his last mock draft before before round one. He was the fourth quarterback taken, but he ends up going 11 uh, to Chicago. So the first question is, I think, me personally living in Chicago, I think people are super, super excited, right? Like, this is finally they got their guy. But I'm kind of curious um, – did you were you surprised that he didn't go sooner? Because you look at a team like Denver um, at eight, right, and Carolina even at seven, both potentially have needs at quarterback, especially Denver. Were you surprised it ended up slipping all the way to eleven, or was that kind of like that area that you thought, okay, this makes sense for someone like him? We have to talk about Denver and Aaron Rodgers specifically, um, yes. also. But I hundred percent thought he'd go top ten. I thought Carolina or Denver. Or there was obviously talk about the Patriots trading up, even though I know mm-hmm. that's not in the, like their MO. Um, given if he slipped down that far, he'd go. I did not anticipate him going to the Bears. But, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I'm happy for Bears fans. I'm happy for Chicago. They finally get a quarterback. I mean, whether or not he pans out and, you know, their quarterback curse can continue, this is their chance to actually get a top flight guy. That's not Mitch Trubisky. Everyone questioned the Mitch Trubisky choice yeah. from the start. Everyone believes Justin Fields can be good. I believe he can be a good quarterback. It's still surprising to me why he didn't have any significant red flags, but there wasn't just that that excitement right after the um, college championship game. That's when the discussions are, could this guy go number one started happening, yeah. right? There's two things but, working against him, I'd say. One is that, the and this is dumb, the pedigree of Ohio State quarterbacks not being very good. Yeah. 
uh, which I think, okay, those are different eras, different players. It's hard to compare. And then two, he played pretty poorly against Northwestern and against Indiana. So people, even though he ripped Clemson to shreds, apparently like that counted less than his other poor performances. And I was like, look, dude, like not every player is going to play perfect every game. Like that's just not how football works, nor is it how an 18, 19, 20 year old's body works. And and I think when you have Trey Lance, there's so much upside and so much to be kind of tantalized by. And when you have mm-hmm. Mac Jones, um, you have a guy who's a little, who seems a little steadier, lower ceiling, but maybe decently high floor. Justin Fields, like you said, people started kind of uh, looking too closely at some of his bad performances. People look at the Ohio State track record, and I feel like they're finding reasons to not pick this guy. All yeah. in all, when you look at his body of work, when you look at his mobility, when you look at even just the, his um, ability to kind of place balls anywhere down the field, he's a great prospect. And so it was still surprising to me he slid. Um, and I'm glad the Bears traded up and got him because I think that was a team that was looking like they'd have to start Andy Dalton. It was looking really dire um, once again for Chicago. But now they've got a It was dark, really dude. Yeah. I'm not even a Bears fan, but it was honestly just depressing. Like, you're just, like, trying to sell your fan base after the Mitch Trubisky disaster played out. He's now in Buffalo. You got Mahomes and Watson reminding you every single damn day what a mistake that was. And then you bring in Andy Dalton as the answer. I think – oh, and then the worst part was Russell Wilson put Chicago on his team of preferred destinations, right? Yeah. So then there's, like, that week or two the where you're talking team. yourself into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm curious if he's a day one starter. I could see it coming, you know, week – week four, week five type thing where yep. Dalton goes two and two looks pretty bad and everyone's revolting. And then it's time. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, you know, you said, you talked about Shanahan. Yeah, Matt Nagy is even more on the hot seat, right? Like he will be gone next season if it doesn't go same with Ryan Pace. So it's exactly similar to San Francisco, except a much more accelerated timeline because they don't have that benefit of the Super Bowl run to like, at least be like, Hey, this just happened. If we just got healthy, we'd be good again. Um, Although Nagy might have bought himself another year because let's say they had Andy Dalton and no fields and it didn't work, he'd for sure be gone. But at least now he can say if fields shows some promise this season, be like, let's keep the continuity, you know, yeah, and and, and go for another year with Nagy. So it really depends. Because if they go like seven and ten or something and Fields looks okay, then he's out, I think. It's gonna be similar to what happened in Philadelphia, right? With Doug Peterson and Jalen Hurts. Um Though Hertz was a little bit less, um, you know, less of a prospect, it's still the same idea of like, okay, let's just get a new guy to, to groom our young QB. Nope. Should we talk about Rodgers right now? Yeah, let's talk about Rodgers. Okay, so Schefter just casually drops this bomb, right? Says Rodgers has no plans to return to Green Bay, has already talked to teammates, is disgusted with the front office. They don't really have ownership, right? It's it's shareholder-owned. So disgusted with front office. Um this coming off the heels of an MVP season where he made the conference championship game. Um, but at the same time, they've not drafted their last 10 first round picks. They went nine defense. And yeah. one time they dropped drafted offense. It was his backup. Jordan. Lowe. I saw that sharp tweet. So, I mean, he's got reason to be pissed. At the same time, he has Devontae he Adams. And I think he does dude. I mean, you got to think about like a guy as great as he is. And, and every single season he performs, and every single season he plays well, as long as he's healthy, to only have one Super Bowl appearance and win, which was 11 years ago, I mean, what else can you call that but an organizational failure? 
he's now 37. How many more years of top flight play does he have? He's given him, you know, 16 years in this franchise, three of which he lost because he was sitting behind Favre. So from his perspective, he's like, wait a second, I've done everything they've asked and more. I've gotten compensated for it, sure, but they're also not going out and getting me the weapons. Like, look at look at what the Chiefs put around Mahomes, right? Within two years of him playing, because they know that's how good he is. So I think he's expecting something similar, and it just hasn't really happened. Let me first start off by saying this, because I, I want to tie it back to the Bucks. Brady has broken the NFC because <laughs> Rodgers is upset, Wilson is upset, Breeze retired. The whole NFC is in chaos. The Rams went ahead and got rid of Goff. Everyone is scrambling to try to catch Ryan Fitzpatrick Bucks. accepted the challenge and yeah. is coming to the NFC. Yeah. So at first, I just want to say that I love watching all these teams kind of implode because all these contenders. And then even in San Francisco, if Jimmy G starts to falter, they got a QB controversy on their hands. And, you know, who knows if they'll also be just as good this year. I With Rodgers... I think people caught a Rodgers too much. I, I honestly was a huge Rodgers fan, but that that tweet about the last nine out of ten drives or defense, everyone complained for the last ten years that Rodgers is so great. All he needs is help on defense. The defense lets him down every year. So the Roger, so the Packers go and try to get elite defensive talent by drafting in the first round year after year. And yes, last year I think the Love one is inexcusable. No reason for them to do it. I think that was the only year I can really blame them. Rodgers has a top offense. He's got a top running back. He's got a top wide receiver. He's got a top offensive line. Like, how much more do you want them to draft and bolster that offense? At some point, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't have that we're not getting weapons for Rodgers and, oh, the defense is so bad it's limiting him. Like, pick one. I don't understand what this narrative is. I mean, you looked at the example. Listen, their first two picks last year didn't even contribute to a team that made That's, the conference. I'm, okay, last year, but outside of last year, why are we using all the other years as a reason? That they Rogers don't take first round support? picks on. Okay, they don't take first round picks on offense. They've basically developed everyone from within, and they have three premier players. And it's right? worked here. And it's not worked. Bailey. I mean, you're still starting Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon and freaking Marquise Valdez Scandling and all. A top-ranked offense in the NFL. Yeah, because of Aaron Rodgers. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. That's his greatness. Like, look at the team that Brady had around him. When Leonard Fournette became available, they grabbed him. When Antonio Brown became available, Gronk became available. That was three guys they added to a team that people already said was stacked when he joined with Evans and Godwin. No, but the point is still the same, right? The Packers historically don't spend during free agency. They've made a couple a splash a couple years ago with the Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, but again, defensive players. And I get it. You want to shore up the defense just as much as the offense, but ultimately, is it so hard to just get this guy a, a, a wide receiver? Like, is it really hard to get him someone opposite Devontae Adams to the point that he doesn't even trust anyone but Adams when the game's on the line? You saw it against Tampa Bay where he was like force-feeding Adams even to the detriment of that offense because nobody else was really – and Adams dropped a ball, by the way. Or a touchdown, so that's neither here nor there. But ultimately, I don't disagree that we coddle him because he's moody and just generally a little bit irritant. But his greatness cannot be understated. He's a three-time MVP, multiple-time All-Pro. He's uh, going to own a ton of records when it's all said and done. And to only have one Super Bowl feels like malpractice because it's not like he's played poorly. Like even go back when we talked about the Bucks game. His numbers he threw were, a pick. He threw a back-breaking pick. He threw in the one quarter. pick when there was probably a hole in the corner. 
on the they, corner. The Bucks went up from 14-10 to 21-10. I mean, but Brady 10. threw three picks, right, and not and zero points against. Yeah, but some and of those picks were punts. Point. Like, my point is those aren't consequential picks. Brady plays those picks on third down, understands so Brady, that's so essentially Rogers made point. one mistake, and that's on him now, that loss. No, I'm not saying it's on him. He also didn't convert on third down, fourth down. Like, you can't just say it's because the receivers didn't get open. Well, he had chances to score down. Fourth down. Yeah, okay, he had a chance on third down. He didn't run it in. Oh, look, I, I, Rodgers is amazing. I just don't get why, like, people can't ever point to him as part of the problem. It always has to be the Packers. And you're right, free agency. he's not part of the problem. He just won MVP last season at 37. Yeah. And and that offense and that team around him helped him win MVP. This isn't this isn't the NBA where it's like LeBron can lead uh, Mo Williams and that Cavs to a sixty win season, and then you can blame the rest of that roster when they fail. This is if if in football, if you're good enough to win MVP, if your team's good enough to be thirteen three or fourteen two or whatever they ended up as, and the number one seed in the conference, you you can't tell me that um, his team wasn't good enough. That's and what, what about all the years with Mike McCarthy, right? Like where he was dragging this below average offense. Yeah, there were like, a couple of years there on the wild card. It was all Rodgers. But there were also several years there were 13-3, 14-2 team. I think the Chiefs are a perfect example of like they've just spent huge. For example, they had both their left tackle and right tackle go out, got mauled in the Super Bowl. What do they do? They immediately go sign Thune from New England. They bring Chris Long out, or Kyle Long out of retirement. And then they trade for Orlando Brown right away. Right? What did they do last year? They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They drafted Mecole Hardman two years ago. They re-signed Kelsey and Hill. That is what putting stars around your star means. And I know that Mahomes was on a different kind of deal at the time, and it didn't it gave them more flexibility. But yeah, the point is how committed they were to to building talent around around their quarterback because they know they only have a few years to maximize. Yeah. Anyway, that's fair. point I, being I is this: yeah. Do you think he gets traded? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's going to play out the season. I think they're going to, I think they're intent and hell bent on keeping him. Although there's a report that came out today having, um, where he's, he told teammates already that he doesn't plan on playing the season. Yeah. You he just literally said he's going to retire and go do Jeopardy full time. Yeah. But, I, but he wants to play. I feel like he actually does want to play. I don't know the role Shailene Woodley's playing in all this. If she's like trying to get him to retire and, you know, <laughs> I mean, who I knows, but speak on that. <laughs> how much leverage does he have? He doesn't have a lot of leverage because he leaves a $38 million dead cap, which would be the largest in NFL history and make it virtually impossible for the Packers to do anything until that cap comes off. But at the same time, if he's serious about walking away, which maybe both of us think he's not, they're more likely to work something out. It's almost very similar to the Carson Palmer situation where he threatened retirement to get out of Oakland and Cincinnati, actually. Look, I want to see Rodgers traded. Let him go to Denver. We're going to just walk into the Super Bowl. No issues this year. Um, no one's stopping us. If he would be a beast in Denver, he would be awesome in Denver because they have basically everything else. Probably could shore up their O line a little bit, but you know Von Miller so, coming I, back. You got Courtland Sutton coming back. They just took Javante Williams from from UNC just a couple minutes ago. But you're it's in a tough pull. division, tough division, and yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's going to be hard. You're not going to. I don't see them unseating the Chiefs for. The division title, and then what? You're going to be playing a wild card game, and I don't yeah, know not to mention tough. the Chargers are on the come up, right? If they can yeah. get healthy, and they have Justin Herbert, so um, all right. So what, what's next? So Mac Jones uh, went to the Pats. 
So now we get all these think pieces about how this is the perfect spot. He's the next Brady, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think we were talking about this as it related to San Antonio, remember, the Spurs, about how the team makes us think these moves are smarter than they might actually be. And there's as good of a chance Mac Jones could suck as if he went anywhere else, really. Maybe a little bit better because the organization is smarter, but it's not like they turned Cam Newton into gold, right? Cam Newton was terrible last season. And so did you like that pick? Do you think he's got a good future? I know the whole Kirk Cousins uh, comp that everyone uses. Maybe Matt Ryan is a ceiling, but I don't know that I feel much different about it you know, I know he had an amazing season, but I don't know that I feel like that excited about it, right? Like he has limited physical tools and ultimately that's a big part portion of, of success in this league, especially today with the way quarterback is being played. I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy, but I, I think it couldn't have gone better for him or for the Patriots. On the Patriots, he lands in your lap. Uh, a quarterback who is still a good talent to get him at, what, 15? Yeah. Is when it didn't look like he was going to fall that down there is a steal. And I think for Mac Jones, you want you need to be in a system where um, there's a, a system in place, a coach who knows how to utilize a quarterback like that. They just signed a bunch of tight ends, so you have receiving help, even though the receiver talent's not great. That being said, I, I, it's just hard to know with Mac Jones, given his receivers at Alabama were just so good. And, and that's the other issue with Tua and Jalen Hurts is we still don't know if those guys are really good either. Uh, mm-hmm. They've shown flashes, but they also benefited from that wide receiver talent in Alabama, and they didn't jump off the page when they came to the league. So Mac Jones, I'm, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's going to be amazing. I don't think he's going to be bad. I, but with the Patriots, that's going to up that floor significantly in my mind. Just having someone competent. Well, I think you know it's interesting, right? Because Burrow played next to Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, and Thaddeus Moss and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but you don't hear that from him because he's just a good player. And like he showed yep. it with Cincinnati. I think with those other guys where the game come, it, it felt a little too easy. Um, with Tua, at least had a bit more arm talent. He was originally before that hip injury thought of as one of the best quarterback prospects ever. Um, and so that's my worry with Jones. It's like it's a little too one-year wondery where it's like he came out of nowhere he put up massive, massive numbers, but they also, like, the competition was a joke. They blew everyone out. And he had three other first-round picks from Alabama go last night. So the amount of talent on both sides of the ball, really, actually more than three, right? He had four other first-round picks because Sertan, uh, Leatherwood, and then the two receivers. And then Najee Harris. So actually Najee five Harris, There were six total. So, yeah, yeah, five others. So you're talking about six players going round one. I know the quarterback holds a lot of weight, but before Tua – there was really nobody that from Nick Saban's teams that were ever good pros. And I know he started recruiting the position better, but I also just wonder, it's like, does everyone else just a lot better? Cause he started focusing on offense. So I think because of the media bias of Boston, whether it's Bill Simmons in the ringer or basically anybody else who seems to be working from there, there's going to be a lot of fanfare. I just like, look, five quarterbacks, three of them are probably going to suck. That's just the, that's just the odds. Yeah. That, that's so, the reality. That's the reality. So, and, and are you betting on Mac Jones being good out of the five? I, I don't think enough to talk about Zach Wilson. I don't know why we've all of a sudden penciled. I know he got penciled in as a number two pick. Everyone yeah. knew the Jets was going to take him. But I don't know why there's not more scrutiny around it. That pick. To me, I, I don't, there's questions. His, his size, BYU. He, there are some moments at BYU where he also underperformed. And I don't know well, if he's going to be as great as everyone thinks he is. 
so there's this sex appeal, right? With his his uh, you know, arm, arm talent, throwing off platform, all those kinds of things. And like you watch Mahomes and Josh Allen, who are just always seem like they're playing in like freestyle mode, like NFL street type. And you're just like, I have to get me one of those, right? And Zach Wilson is the closest thing to that version of that player. And like it's pretty dumb to try to use one of the generational players and maybe one of the best to ever do it as your comp and what you're trying to build towards. It's not usually going to end well, but I think that's the allure with Zach Wilson. It's like, he's got the ability to make the off schedule throws, to be able to make the tight angles, like running to your right, throwing to your left, those kind of things. The ones that we just the wow factor. If we can get him into a system that also gives him a bunch of easy looks and slows the game down for him, you're going to take, he's going to be able to lift you up. It's always about, can we win because of a quarterback or do we, you know, win despite of a quarterback, right? And you're always trying to win because of one. Um, and if you feel like you have one, then it's like, okay, this is a guy who, even if the defense is struggling, even if the receivers are dropping balls, the line is crumbling, like he's going to make plays. And if you compare him to Mac Jones, for example, there's the clear separation, though I do think Fields could do that too. So that's the question. It's like, yeah, what, Fields and Lance, I don't see them in like a different tier. Um, yeah, but... I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know how this stuff goes, right? Like, it's funny. It's like when the season ends, there's no more football being played, yet the way people move up and down the charts is incredible. Yeah. Like the, the linebacker that uh, Washington took, Jamin Davis from Kentucky, I wanted. I, 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 like, wanted. I like him. He he looks like he's really good. I wanted a kid from uh, Notre Dame, but it's fine. Like I just knew we needed a linebacker. So, but in October or November, he was being mocked in the fourth round. <laughs> so then to jump all the way to nineteen, it's like, I mean, how much more could he put on tape in like two, three games? So yeah. it's always funny how that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. So how about how about uh, let's talk a little bit about. Washington then because yeah. they they, sec- they selected Jamin Davis. Did you were they ever in talks about maybe getting a quarterback even though they signed Fitzpatrick and they have Heineke? Were, I never really yeah. heard any rumors about them maybe trying to go up and get a quarterback. But did you so think we're that starting was a to enter. We're starting to enter like always a bridesmaid, never a bride type situation right now. They made an offer for Matt Stafford, right? Uh, Detroit said no. They took the the Rams deal. They were rumored to be involved in some Russell Wilson talks before that kind of got shut down. Um, and then the other, the other one um, was Sam Darnold. They were talking about maybe potentially being involved with Sam Darnold, which they were. And I, I guess they decided to either not offer enough or, you know, jets like better what they got from Carolina. Then you look at the draft. There's a lot of people who had them trading up for Trey Lance um, trading up for potentially uh, Justin Fields. And they didn't. So, I think they looked at it like this, like Fitzpatrick gives you a very high floor um, in the sense of if you just put a respectable team around him, you're not going to suck. And they just won the NFC East, which um, with a much worse quarterback uh, in place than what I think Fitzpatrick was for Miami. So the idea is let's develop everyone else. If we have to give up too much capital, then it's not worth it, right? Especially if we're not dead set on one of these rookies being the guy. The problem, I think, though, is it becomes very hard to acquire anybody. Um, like if you let's say they perform a little bit better and they go, let's say, nine and eight next year and they pick 22nd, it becomes just that much harder to get up into the top five or top seven that you need to get to go get one of these premier dudes. Um, I thought Chicago made a great move because they only had to go from 20 to 11, you know, not 20 to like five or six. 
and they had to give up less. And I think this might have been the year that Washington should have, you know, struck. But I think there's still some PTSD from Dwayne Haskins. And so <laughs> staying away from Ohio State for now. Yeah, that's fair. They're just one of those teams that I know they are, are interested in a quarterback. Like you said, they've been in some of these conversations, but they didn't seem to be intent on that being that aggressive to try up and get like a Fields or a Mac Jones when they could have. Right. Those, those guys went late. Yeah, they went late. And, you know, there was teams that needed quarterbacks ahead of them that passed like a Carolina and a Denver. So then it's like they would have clearly been being been open to trade if they could go add more depth, get similar position than what they ended up taking. Um, the other question I have for you is, uh, so let's talk Tampa, right? So this is your team. You guys took, um, was it Joe, Joe Tryon? Tryon, yeah. Tryon, uh, edge rusher from Washington. So was he Washington? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, what's the... What are the thoughts here? It sounds like he's the natural replacement for JPP in a year, but I had never even heard of him or seen him mocked very close to that pick, so I'm not sure what to make of it. Uh, I mean, he was in the realm of possibility for us, so it was not a surprise. Some of the Bucks beat writers actually mocked him to us. Um, I, given there are a lot of great talents on the board still at 32, and I was hoping we'd go with the Ojolari or um, uh, JOK or um you know some of these other guys but I'm, I'm okay with the pick he's his mo is that i mean he's a uh physical specimen uh had a really good season in 2019 took 2020 off and he's raw and so the idea is that todd bowles can take him jpp we have the infrastructure and the players the veterans to mold him into something really good so mm-hmm. the idea is take a chance on the the raw physical tools and not worry about the technique as much, and we can mold him into the right player. But he's like a workout warrior. Like He's got all these pictures where he's just shredded. He loves to hit the gym. And it's Mm. too easy to get infatuated by these guys. And then they end up going to the league, and then they suck. And so I'm kind of worried that it's easy to say, oh, don't worry about technique. We'll end up you know, teaching this guy everything. But sometimes I never learn it, right? So I'm a little skeptical, but you have to trust Bulls and – jpp and all these guys and i think the edge rusher was the right play i just don't know if they could have taken someone a little bit more polished was my hope well it's an embarrassment of riches they're bringing back all 22 starters i think it's the first time ever that a super bowl winning team is doing so so it's kind of like truly just draft best player available or whatever you think the best fit is so yeah they could have gone other directions but they kind of have everything else covered like maybe you could have taken a quarterback if you thought brady only had like two years left but who, no. I mean, you're reaching at 32. You're totally reaching for like a Kyle so, Trask or a Kelly yeah. Bond. Those guys. So then it's like, okay, this is dumb. There's no point. You can always try in round two or round three. Um, and then you've already rebuilt the safe, the secondary, right? You rebuilt yeah. the O line last year. You have a ton of wide receivers. Maybe you t- maybe you could have taken a wide receiver knowing Chris Godwin was playing out on the tag. But yeah, let me let me give you an even crazier stat. Not only were we bringing back 22 starters, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. In terms of snap count, our top 16 players on offense in terms of snaps are coming back. Our top 22 wow. players or something on defense are coming back. So it's it's, it's not just that our starters are back. Our depth is back. We we literally can draft anyone. We could have drafted a kicker if we wanted to. That's how like loaded we are. But I, I think it made the sense. I think the you guys got lucky as shit. No, you got lucky as shit last year. So I actually don't expect the Bucks to repeat. Maybe not even make the playoffs. I think it's hard to repeat just because there's so injuries. There's just so many things that go into it. But on paper, I don't think a team has ever had a better chance of repeating than us. Look, look who's going to stop us? Just name one team that 
The Chiefs. Assuming no one gets injured and everyone plays to their potential. Chiefs, because they fixed the one thing that they... Oh, I'm talking about the NFC. Oh. In the NFC, the Rams. Matt Stafford Boston. never never yeah, won a playoff game in his career. They beat us in the regular season last year, too. Never won a playoff game in his career. Is he going to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs? <laughs> I don't know. I but, mean, the uh, Chiefs... Like, maybe Rodgers. Yeah. Rodgers on the Eagles. What what were the teams rumored for? Him? It was Denver, Oakland, or oh, was Denver, Denver and Oakland, Las Vegas, or Las Vegas? Yeah. yeah, and then what was the third one? Was there another one? No. You know, last night Denver's like Super Bowl odds jumped up to fifth overall. Yeah. They but jumped, then they what, took seventeen one or something, or maybe higher. They took someone right, so they took the cornerback from uh, from Alabama. They took and Pastor that fueled Kent. the speculation because it was like if Denver took a quarterback there, it's like okay, Rodgers isn't happening. The moment they took the cornerback, everyone's like, "Is do they have something in the works? But I think it can't even happen until June 1, right? Because that's when it's better for cap purposes. So in a way, this doesn't quell the rumors at all. It could still or quash the rumors. It could still happen. It, it doesn't. But, you, I mean, if they took a quarterback, you maybe if they realized there's no realistic shot at it, you'd kind of yeah, know that. exactly. The fact that they didn't keeps it alive. Because they can't bank on it. You can't bank on Rodgers being there. So it would be a massive leap of faith to say, you know, to take a corner and just hope Rodgers would be there. The once they took the corner, the thought was they've got something. They, they've got a good chance, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Anything else on the NFL draft? Najee uh, Harris, I, mean, I thought was a good pick, like we mentioned. Yeah. Oh, oh it was funny. Um, Jacksonville taking what's his face? Oh, dude, Tra- <laughs> Travis Etienne. He that was basically Etienne. a classic situation of like. We don't know any other players, and we think Trevor Lawrence would like having his running back there. So we have a million needs. That's hence why we t- pick number one. But fuck it, let's take a running back at twenty-five. Yeah, this is a, it's a classic Madden where like if you you're dra- you have a franchise, you draft the quarterback. Like, let me just draft a running back. You know, let's just bolster this offense. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. And then Oakland or Las Vegas, the other one. Just every oh, yeah. year they have to have a pick where. It's always they make the pick, and then there's like a two-second gap before the analysts start talking about it because everyone is so caught off guard. It's like, wait, what? They just took Leatherwood? Well, the real thing that doesn't make any sense is like when you have a guy that's taken so far, it's one of those things, it's almost like in your fantasy draft, right, where it's like if you're going to – if you do a snake, let's say say you're not auctioned, and you know that the guy you want is probably going to go in the next 20 picks, which is how long you have till your next pick. You take him, even if you if you if you want him, because you won't have another shot at him. A guy like Leatherwood, especially with the way draft picks are traded all the time, he's clearly not going to go for another twenty to thirty picks, right? I, I read there was a ninety percent chance that he lasted till like pick forty or something, and so it's you're literally just giving up like draft capital for no reason when you could have made that same pick. He's not if even if you're like, hey, we're going to zig when everyone else is zags, fine, but understand that everyone else is zagging. Yep. And don't make the pick at 17 when you could have traded down and made it at 30, made it at 32, like whatever it is. And they have a track record of doing this year after year. So it's yeah. not just one year, which they really like this guy. They're going to, you know, take him earlier. Yeah. They do this every year. There's always a head scratcher. So it, I, doesn't, it, it really doesn't make any sense. And it's just, I mean, they hired Mike Mayock, who's a draft expert from NFL Network, and he's proven how full of shit every TV analyst really is. Yeah. Um, Okay, 
Let's switch gears to the NBA. So there's a bunch of NBA stuff coming up. Um, we have about 10 games left in the regular season. It's been a very, very weird uh, NBA season, needless to say. It's not really all that enjoyable, uh, except for a few storylines just between injuries, COVID, empty stadiums, kind of load management. Uh, I will say the play-in tournament chase has been a ton of fun. Like the Wizards, now I'm all in. Um, you've, <laughs> you've seen you the development over the last few weeks. I'm like super fired up now. Um, and so in advance of, of the season ending, we wanted to do our first kind of pass at all NBA. So we'll, we'll do a final award show, I guess, so to speak, after the season. But all NBA is one of my favorite uh, things to think through because I think it really represents who the best and the brightest are, right? Like all-star, it's like conference dependent and it's just not as, as pure. But I think 15 guys, who are the guys that define the season? So put my teams together. I want you to tell me if I'm a moron or if this makes sense. Um, the first thing I would say is more than any season I can remember, games played is really going to have to play a factor um, because of just how much missed time there's been from not only across the leagues, but specifically with the league stars. Uh, LeBron, Harden, Embiid, you know, um, KD, Anthony Davis, you know, all, all sorts of guys have missed a bunch of time. And so that's made this really tough, but um, let's go ahead and get started. So a reminder for those listening, unlike All-Star, where you just vote three front court, in All-NBA, you have to vote a center uh, specifically. So I think a center would be on the first team anyway, uh, because it's going to be Nikola Jokic for me. But that is a one, one difference from the All-Star. So I had Nikola Jokic at center. My guards uh, were Steph Curry and, and Luka Doncic. So those three are locks. I feel very good about them. The fourth player is also a lock. I have Giannis on first team. And then for my last spot, I have Paul George. Which wow. is insane wow. because I told you Paul George shouldn't have made the team wow. like this two is... weeks ago or whatever. I think he's I was just getting been ready to defend level. Paul George just making one of the teams. I had no <laughs> idea you were going to. But of course, prisoner of the moment, classic. Any thoughts on that first team? Uh, Paul, wait. So, okay, explain who did you take Paul George over? Uh, obviously, LeBron. Uh, so, Kawhi. how about um, this? I'll read you my first and second teams together because I think there is always like a okay. little bit of a fall off after team two. Okay, so second team guards, I had Damian Lillard and Chris Paul. Forwards, I had LeBron and Kawhi. And center, I have Embiid. And I think okay. Paul George keeping a team without Kawhi afloat, his shooting splits are out of control. His last month has just been insanity. And he's going to end up probably 10 games played more than LeBron um, or somewhere in that neighborhood. So I think that factored in. Again, a lot of this could change because like you, you, you and I were talking right before we recorded, LeBron could end up at 51, 52 games and suddenly it doesn't look that bad. But as of now, this is where I've landed. I... I... Wanted to put LeBron still here because of that argument that he's going to end up playing 50 games. But I think you have to put it in context too that with the flow of the season and yeah, he plays 10 games at the end, which don't matter as much. And so is his 50 that valuable, you know, um, compared to what Paul George did over the course of the entire season? I mean, I know he missed some games, but not that much. Yeah. I'm okay with Paul George. Here's where I'm going to z- zag where everyone's zigging. Um, or zig when we're zagging. Or sorry, zig when you're zagging. Okay. I'm going to take to... Steph off of my first team. And Stop. I want to put Chris Paul on Stop my first it. team. 
I'm going to reward Chris Paul. Chris Paul needs to be rewarded, okay? I, he's had a phenomenal season. We know he's not winning MVP. We talked about this on the last pod. And what the Suns continue to do, they're playing Utah tonight for a shot at the one seed. They could be the one seed by the end of tonight. I think they have a good chance of winning that game. And to take a franchise, not just a team, a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs in 10 years, that's been just like the Kings in every way, and if I just put the Kings in that situation and you put them in as a number one seed in the West, whoever's leading that charge, and I know Monty Williams gets credit, there's a lot of players on that team, it's Chris Paul. I got to reward that. And Steph, and Steph's been putting up great numbers. The Warriors have been looking worse and worse and worse. Not his fault, but I don't want to reward that first team All-NBA spot to Steph. I don't care that he's averaged 32 points a game. Put him on the second team. Give me Chris Paul. Listen, if you want to reward Chris Paul, put him top three in your MVP or top five. No, what, what does that Curry, mean? That means nothing. Top three MVP doesn't mean anything. You don't Steph get a plaque. Curry, what he, he just came off a month where he hit 96 three-pointers. He was shooting like 55, 50, and like 95 splits or something in the month of April. Like what he's doing is legendary with a team that whenever he sits gets absolutely blasted. Absolutely blasted. They get run off the court. We talked about this. So Steph Curry to me – is actually probably, if you had to rank the likelihood, I think he's higher than Luka Doncic on that first team, even oh. though his team is in 10. This is not a prediction of what's going to happen. This is who I believe should get it. Oh, Steph I know, is gonna, I know. Everyone's going to put Steph. This is blasphemy, me saying this, but I don't think it's that ridiculous to put Chris Paul, who's had an amazing season, and if you just ignore the numbers for a second and look at the impact, I, I love Chris Paul, and I think a lot of people are underrating his impact because they're like, well, you know, Phoenix had won that eight games in a row in the bubble. They're already going to do this. I was like, uh, hey, let's remember that Devin Booker sucked for five seasons. We're going to talk about an eight-game sample from the fucking bubble as our justification, <laughs> right? Like that they were going to do this anyway. I don't agree. But people are going that route. I get it. They had Mikael Bridges. They had DeAndre Ayton. There's a lot of natural progression amongst that group. But Chris Paul's done this at every stop. And he unlocks whatever young talent has. So I'm not saying that, but I will say that clearly there needs to be uh, a recognition for him. Second team All NBA is pretty good. Steph Curry has been a better player this season, and that's yeah, ultimately second team All NBA is good for Steph too. I, I just I'm getting desensitized to all the scoring and not no, Steph doing it on a consistent basis is wild. But when I see Kevin Porter Jr. put up 50, what a couple days ago yesterday, that was crazy. When yeah, I see Lou Dort put up 40. Them. A couple weeks ago it's just easier to score in the nba today and all these guys are going off and of course these guys go off once in a blue moon steph is going off every game right get it amazing with, he's incredible with being like it's, triple covered that's the other thing right like think about the defense that, that's being played on him when draymond green refuses to shoot and andrew wiggins is like the primary second you know other scorer yeah but why like bradley beal last year okay bradley beal on the wizards what what did he average points 30 yeah, but it's 30, and he should have probably – he didn't even make the All-Star team. Okay, did he make the All-NBA team? No, huge controversy. Now, Bradley Beal obviously didn't have the same impact Steph does. He didn't have the same efficiency on that 30 points of a game as Steph exactly. does. Exactly. We're going to write but, those wrongs this year, though, by the way. Fine, but like Bradley Beal couldn't even sniff third-team All-NBA. The Warriors are just as bad as the Wizards were last year. No, and they're not. That's the thing. They're 500 Tougher teams. conference, fine, whatever. But my point is I don't think that means he needs to be a first-teamer. I just I don't know why it's an automatic ride in for Steph to be a first team. So let me ask you this: Why not Dame first team? Because if he slipped recently. Well, I 
you can tell by my all NBA teams, I, I, I'm putting an emphasis on the team performance and narrative. And that's why I think LeBron, you know, even if he plays 50 games, he was not there for a lot of the chunk of the season. Paul George has been powering the Clippers, et cetera. The Blazers are the Blazers. They, they've been the same kind of inconsistent couple week stretch. They look like elite and then they have a setback and they're just the same team. What what has Dame done differently this year? His numbers look good, but to deserve a first team All NBA, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Dame on first team. I think he's starting to drift into the, you know. Listen, you've you've heard me on Dame, but <laughs> I like where this is at. So uh, the other question that I was going to ask is, you're good with, of course, Jokic over Embiid, right? Yeah, yeah, Jokic is the MVP in my mind. Yeah. All right, so my third team, and this is where it gets really crazy because this would go in any number of directions. So I'm going to give you the third team. And then I'm going to give you everyone else I considered, okay? Because there's a lot of names. So my third team guards are Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal. And in consideration, you got Harden, you got Booker, you got Mitchell, you got Levine, you got Ben Simmons, you got Russell Westbrook, you got De'Aaron Fox. That's probably the list of guys, right? Maybe Mike Conley is like a late, late, you know, add like sixth team All NBA. Then my forwards. Wait, where was Harden? Was he on your second team? No, he isn't on it because I don't think he's playing again this wow. regular season. I think he's going to end at 41 games, of which seven of those were with Houston. Okay. So we're That's talking fair. about 34 games of real basketball. Yeah, I forgot. He probably won't play the rest of the season. Yep. Or even if he does come back, he's coming back for like a game or two or something. Um, forwards. And, and I should I should note, before Harden went down, he was, my, he was first team All-NBA. That's how much his injury hurt him because he's just not going to play. My forwards are Zion Williamson and Julius Randle, which is just very heartwarming for me to give my boy Julius uh, all-NBA nod. In consideration here, I think you go Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't think Anthony Davis played enough. Kevin Durant did not play enough. Um, you know, Tobias Harris maybe, but, you know, second secondary type list. And... And yeah, and then my center is Gobert, who I don't think there's really any other center that I would put. Um, I think it's basically three centers. They all fit very cleanly on the first, second, and third team. But So that's my team. Kyrie, Beal, Zion, Randall, and Gobert. Interesting. Interesting. So who are the top options you left off? I know you rattled off a lot of names. So Yeah, I basically said every the, name that I know in the NBA. Who are the biggest snubs? So the ones I had hardest time dealing with were... Jason Tatum, who I thought has been really good this year. Jimmy Butler, who when he's played has been phenomenal and basically his advanced stats are off the charts for Miami. And Donovan Mitchell, who has the lead guard for the number one seed, 26 a game, clearly the number one offensive option. That's a different type of uh, responsibility than I think Devin Booker had um, where Chris Paul does shoulder some of that offensive load. Yeah, I, I treat Mitchell and Booker in the same boat, where if you're going to leave one off, I think you should leave the other off. They're both the lead the scorer guy. on their top, essentially the one or two seed in the yep. Western Conference. Um, Tatum is a little more difficult. I, I think you can penalize Boston. Boston's not having a great season. He's putting up eye-popping stats. And so it becomes, to me, the hard part becomes Tatum versus uh, Zion and Randall. Zion, I think, makes it no matter what. 
I think oh, I was going to say Randall is non-negotiable. Don't even talk to him. Julius Randall is putting the whole city of New York on his back. I was just going to say that. So I think the, Randall, I would agree, stays on the team as well. What I meant by Zion is a lock is that from the efficiency and just the the stats and what he's doing for that Pelicans team, although they're not that good, I think he makes it. And Randall, though, the narrative is even stronger. Maybe not the stats, but the narrative is even stronger because that Knicks team is completely dependent on him and his offense. And they're in, what, a fourth, fifth seed in the, the East? They're fourth. So I'm, I'm, they're I'm like, okay with them. They're, like, well ahead of the, uh, you know, the play-in. It doesn't look like they're going to be in the play-in or fall back to it. Yeah, so the only one that's a little iffy to me is Bradley Beal. And the reason being, and, and it's not a slight against Beal, it's just that Westbrook is also kind of sharing a lot of that load. Like, you're also yes. considering him. Yes. And both of them have been amazing in this stretch where the Wizards have really turned things around. Yeah. So I, I would rather equally penalize both and bring someone in, but then I'm doing the same thing with Booker and Mitchell. And so it, it yeah. So Beal has the weakest case. Beal has the weakest case. Cause like you said, I actually would argue maybe Westbrook's been more important uh, during this stretch as the engine of the team. But I do think Beal is going to finish. Well, he's definitely going to finish first or second in scoring, scoring title, right? To find out the last scoring champion that did not make all NBA I mean, you're going back into the 70s and 80s. And so with that in mind, I was like, I don't know that I can leave him off if he's literally leading the league in scoring and the team is playing well. Where last year they were horrific, so his numbers felt a little emptier. This year, now that they're rounding into shape, it doesn't feel so much like that. Yeah, rounding into shape, but they're barely, what, they're 11th seed? They're going to be 10th no, seed? No, right man, now? they're 10th and they're half a game out of They're nine. 10th. Oh, I'm sorry, they're not 11th, they're 10th. <laughs> they're half a game at ninth. Probably by the time we finish recording, they'll be eighth. And what were they last year? Thirteen. They were ninth technically, well, but it was a really ugly ninth. Like, remember they got invited to the bubble only because so that they the league yeah, could get Zion. Yeah, four four games. There were four season. games behind. Yeah, and the cutoff was at four games. So yeah, look, the Beal. I'm. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I just I would say my counter would be they had the exact same season last year. Yeah. It looks different because now they're on the surge, but last year they also didn't just completely tank and look like the worst team in the league for the first right. half of the season. Yep. So, exactly. um, but I don't have a great replacement. I have nothing wrong with it. I think Kyrie. I'm glad you left him on. I think some people would make the argument. You know, you can always take Kyrie off, but that Brooklyn team without Durant, without Harden. Give Kyrie all the crap for taking a couple days off here and there, his personal leave, anything else you want to say about him. But this is the first time I've seen him really lead a team and be the the difference between winning and losing. In Boston, he wasn't really that guy. Uh, He played well enough. And then in Cleveland, he never had to burden that role. And when he did shoulder that burden, that was when LeBron wasn't there and they weren't a good team. So I, I right. think he has taken his game to a ne- another level and um, he definitely deserves that third nod. I mean, I truly cannot believe that he is going to end up with more games played than Harden and Durant. I did not see that one coming. And so when you factor that in, the fact that like Harden's been gone for two months, Durant missed three months, they're still the number one seed. The one point of continuity is Kyrie. He's missed some time here and there, but. I think I give him a lot of credit for that um, in addition to what, um, you know, those guys have added when they're there because they're obviously awesome when they play, but they just haven't played that much. And so you got to give them credit if they're still the one seed. And you can't not have a Brooklyn net on on all NBA teams, I think. 
they've been the story of the season. Absolutely. Yep. So otherwise, yeah, your list is okay, man. I, I just I think I put Chris Paul first team. Uh I'd put uh who who's in your second team again? I don't think we talked about that that much. Lillard, Paul, Kawhi, LeBron, Embiid. Yeah, that one's hard to really argue. Yeah, the only thing you could argue is some guys go up, right? Like you could argue Kawhi's first team over PG or LeBron is first team. I think Giannis has earned his first team spot. He's not going anywhere. Though he did turn his ankle kind of bad last night and only yep. played one like minute. I don't early know, in that game, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they have said anything about what that's going to be long-term, but everybody just needs to be wrapped in bubble wrap, man. Let's just get to the fucking playoffs. Like, this is yeah, a match out here. We just need to get through, what, two and a half weeks? 18th, two and a half weeks to the play-in, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be uh, betting heavy on the play-in. Let that be known. I betting, know. And on betting the, Wiz, the Wizards hard. I know. I know. I'm going to fade the Wiz. <laughs> fade the Wiz hard. You know it's funny. Like now we got to go check because a lot of uh, records have moved. But I bet you, like the Lakers under that we both had is probably going to hit now, and the Wizards over might be getting close to being a hit. I think um, you're going to benefit more on a lot of these because I had the Hawks under. They're going to hit the over. Um, a couple other teams that have, things have swung around. Yeah, our, our boss. Did you have Boston over? Yeah, we both did that. That's they're getting smashed right now, though. So I don't know. They've been really uneven. They look um, awful. They look. Absolutely neither of us will ever awful. be able to live down the uh, the Houston Rockets under, though. They're over. Over the Houston Rockets. <laughs> over. Shout out John Wall and his hams grade two hams. Do you remember like the first two weeks of the season where it looked like John Wall was just back and the team was playing pretty well, all yeah. things considered, and. Everyone was Cousins. like chirping the whiz that they got smoked on the Westbrook trade. Yeah, it was it's funny how things change. Uh, all right, man. Well, that's a wrap for us. It's Friday afternoon. We're going to get out there. You know, Chicago's open back up. Vaxxed. It's Vaxxed Girl Summer. Keep that in mind. I, I got my second shot coming on Tuesday. All right. We'll we rest done. up, drink a lot of fluids. Um, but yeah, so. Please rate, review, and subscribe uh, to Thick and Thin Hoops. Please email us at thickandthinhoops at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and we will talk to you next week.